gather, we can meet in the Lord's house and with God's people. A couple quick things. You've got an insert. This is for you or for a loved one that has kids. What we're doing is we're starting up our, our kids club. It's starting May the 15th at 6.30. And right now, um, and we're hoping it to grow it, right now we've got stuff for pre-K to 5th grade. And so um, if you know, if you qualify as a pre-K to 5th grader, all right, this is for you. Or if you've got a pre-K to 5th grade, this is for them. And if you know somebody who might have somebody, this is for them also. Um, but this is going to be going not just through the summer, but as well throughout the year um, to kind of kick up our, our kids club going again. And as we grow, so will our ministry as far as being able to expand as the things we can do. But there's just a little bit about the curriculum that we're using. Um, it's through Answers in Genesis, very biblical, um, very structured, and it's also very family oriented. Because I want you to know, our kids club, we're not just aiming on Sunday nights over the next couple of weeks as we're starting this up. Um, to just have as many kids as possible. What we want to do is we want to win families. We want to not just minister to those who are pre-K to fifth grade. We want to reach mamas and daddies, grandmas and grandpas, and the, the whole works, okay? Um, so just keep that in mind. Be praying for it as well. And if you're interested in helping and you haven't helped or you didn't sign up for it, maybe you missed the meeting, come tonight anyways, all right? And, and we're going to be doing some, some meetings and things. So I'll get to that in just a second here. Um, actually, yeah, yeah, let's see. Uh, tonight, we've got Bible study at 6.30, but as well, our Kids Club workers, uh, we've got about two, three weeks till we're starting up, and, and one of the nights is Mother's Day, so it won't be a PM service, so tonight, we're going to be meeting the workers in the gym at 6.30 to try to get some things done, uh, go uh, back over some training with curriculum, get some rooms ready and whatnot, and so if you're able to come back tonight, please do. If you can't, just let me know. Um, but we're going to be working on that, kind of getting ourselves prepped and geared up the next couple of weeks. Um, but there will still be adult Bible study happening every Sunday night. So we encourage you to come and be a part of what God's doing here. And we're praying for it to expand as well, uh, to offer some uh, multiple adult classes and things of that nature going on. Uh, I want to remind you as well that today is the last day for our special offering for our Ukrainian missionary, Paul Dudka. Um, and so what we ask you to do is we do have the information. If you want to give privately through PayPal, you're welcome to do so. You can do that directly through him. But if you aren't comfortable doing online, um, you can give. And today is the last day to do so. But you need to put it in an envelope. And it's got to be marked um, Paul Dudka or Ukraine. And we'll know uh, who it's going to. And we can get it to, you know, to him, okay? Uh, then this morning after our vacation Bible school, uh, after, after this morning, after, yes. Yeah, so, all right, hold on. Good morning. All right. There we go. This morning, after worship, we're going to have a VBS, Vacation Bible School, interest meeting, okay? That's going to take place right and around here. So if you're over there, slide over there. Um, and if you're a visitor or if you just wanted to shake my hand today, here it is. Try to find me. But I'll be down here for the meeting. We've got to meet real quick. and We want to keep you, get you in and get you out. But uh, VBS is coming up, and so we'll be able to go over a few things and have our sign-up sheet out uh, for you as well. Um, then as well... Uh, this coming Friday night, we have our fifth Friday Family Fun Fling Ding, where we're going to have fun, fun, fun until we're done, done, done. Now, with that, here's what we ask you to do. We're going to provide some, uh, some water, some ice, uh, plates, cups, all that stuff and everything. But if you want to come, come hang out about 6.30, bring some snacks, whatever you want to share, share it. And uh, if you don't want to share it, well, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You ought to share. <laughs> bring something to share. We're going to have some fun. We'll have some outdoor games. Looks like the weather's going to be nice for everybody. Try to have some volleyball net, cornhole, and things like that. There's playground and stuff for the kids as well. And um, so come hang out. We'll have the back gym open in case you need to cool off 
or go to the restroom and that sort of thing, okay? But uh, come out and have a good time of fellowship. Then as well, next Sunday morning, May the 1st, will be uh, Lord's Supper, and we'll be doing it in the, the morning service. So we're going to switch it up a little bit, and so if you don't like it, see somebody else. <laughs> y'all, y'all all right? It'll be okay. Um, a little bit different. Um, we want to be able to include a lot of folks. We've got some other people who are going to be traveling as well and things like that, but um, Lord's kind of led in that direction. So I want to go ahead and open us up in prayer this morning, and I want to thank each one of you for being with us today, and I'm excited for what God has in store for us, and uh, we're going to worship our Lord. God, we come to you this day. Uh, We're grateful for the opportunity to gather, uh, to worship you, Lord, to to praise your name. We're grateful that we can gather together as the saints, Lord, and that we have the freedom to do so, Lord, to have fellowship with one another. I pray, God, that today that we would uh, be filled by your Spirit, and Lord, that you would uh, bring about conviction of those who need it, bring encouragement to those who need it, and God, that you would teach us from your word. Lord, I pray that each one of us, Lord, would have our heart's needs addressed today, and God, that you would help my mind and my heart just to be clear and to be focused on you, and uh, Lord, that you would um, Lord, that you would stir within us today, God. We're in need of you if we're honest, Lord. Uh, it's not just revivals and Easter's and things that we need you, Lord. We need you today, and God, we pray that today uh, that you would be glorified as we sing and worship you, that you would be glorified as we fellowship with one another, you would be glorified as we hear your word, and Lord, as we have meetings and things, that we would not be so bogged down in the and just trying to do a whole bunch of things or being all busy, but Lord, that we would be focused on your honor and your glory, and that we would not do a single thing in this place um, outside of your will and outside of what you would have for us to do. Help us to trust in you, to walk um, in you today, and Lord, we thank you and we give this time over to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I like that, what the pastor prayed. Everything said and done here today, bring honor and glory to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that the name of Jesus be lifted up here this morning. Please stand if you're able. And uh, in hymn number 329, there is power in the blood. The Revelation 12, 11 tells us they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. There is power in the blood. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the blood and that gives us victory victory in jesus is our next song hymn number 353 
It tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, God giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ we have the victory. Victory in Jesus. And don't forget our little soul and praise, praise the Lord. Don't forget that. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me so with His redeeming blood. Praise God. He loved me that song and gives us a little encouragement of the victory that we always have through Jesus Christ our Lord and hallelujah what a savior for giving us that victory that's our next song hymn number 311 hallelujah what a savior tells us in John 4:42, we know that this is indeed the Christ the savior of the world hallelujah what a savior. Give 
invited before you, before you are seated, please turn around, look left and right, speak to everybody, and tell everybody you're glad you're here and you're glad they're here. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, now we have some special music, and let me get the mic hooked up here so y'all can hear her this time. Last time I messed it up there a little bit. Oh, she's already got one. Y'all just bear with me, I'm on it.
of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. Amen. That ought to be all of us story right there, singing the goodness of God. Please join with me if you would, and you can remain seated as we go to the Lord in prayer. Pray with us, please. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, another day you've given us. You made this day, Lord. We rejoice and are glad in it, and you give it to us by your mercy and by your grace. Thank you for that mercy. Thank you for that grace. Thank you for all you do for us, all your many thoughts toward us, and all your daily benefits and provisions and safety each and every day we love you for that lord we thank you for that you are so good to us and lord help us to lift up our voices to you in thanks thanksgiving and praise always for everything you do for us lord we come to you now and asking lord you'd help our pastor to preach this morning and we ask lord that you'd give him boldness liberty clarity of thought and speech, and Lord, help him to preach the message that you've given for your people here today. Please accomplish all that you will through the preaching and singing, Lord, this morning, and we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for it. We ask, Lord, you uh, if there's a heart here today that needs encouragement, if there's a heart here that needs conviction, if there's a soul that needs saving, we pray, Lord, that you would work in a mighty way here today through your spirit, through the comforter, Lord. And, Lord, just have your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, if you're able, please stand as, as we go uh, to hymn number 170, Give Thanks. Psalm 126.3 tells us the Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. I'm glad. I know you're glad. Amen? <laughs> Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say, Let the poor 
give thanks there. <laughs> Amen. You may be seated. And now let's give our pastor a nice welcome with a hand of applause. Good morning again. <clears throat> there we go. Wait, wait, oh, maybe. Can I turn this on? Yep. We're on here. Hey, oh, hey, there we go. Something's on. <laughs> All right. Take your Bible and turn with me to Jeremiah chapter number six this morning. Jeremiah chapter number six. Appreciate the songs this morning <clears throat> and the worship lifted. And um, it's good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? We say that all the time, but it, it, it really is. There really is no better place to be on a Sunday morning, let alone any time we get to gather together. There's nothing like being with the saints of God, praising our Lord. Jeremiah chapter number 6. We're going to be looking at verses 16 and 17 today, and we'll pray. The Bible tells us, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and as for the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Let us pray. God, we come to you this morning grateful for the opportunity that we could worship with you and that we could fellowship with you and we could fellowship with one another and God I pray that you would now help us to continue to do so the preaching of your word God clear my heart and my mind do what to preach boldly and accurately as you have led and God that your word would go forth God that you would stir within hearts as you've stirred within mine and continue to do so Lord I ask of you we thank you for this time God, make a way for us, and Lord, lead us, and that we might be obedient to you, in Christ's name, amen. The global church, as well as the local church today, is at a crossroads. We, as a local church, are at a crossroads, and you might say, oh, oh, what's going on here? We're at a crossroads. We're moving forward, and praise God we are. God has been doing a great work the past few months. Hearts have grown, some of you have been saved, folks have been baptized, we've had people who have gotten together and have been active that maybe haven't been and and God has been working and bringing folks back and and God has been doing great things and especially we've just had this revival time we've just had Easter and I want you to know that right now that is great and I'm thrilled about it and right now what are we planning on doing moving forward and seeing other great things we've got vacation Bible school and kids club and and things are getting active again right praise the Lord for that I want you to be a part of it God wants us to be a part of His work. It's, he chooses to use us. And, and, and why in the world God would use people like me and like us, I don't know, but He does. And praise God for it. As we just sang earlier, hallelujah, what a Savior for that. But we are at a place and a point that is very pivotal for a reason. And it's not that there's this some sort of grave danger where we're doing something that is bad or, or anything like that. And I don't want you to get that impression at all. But as sure as God is at work, so is the devil. As sure as God's people are looking to move forward, the devil is looking to keep us standing still or moving backward. Just as soon as we are trying to get these things taking place, and I want you to know the past couple of weeks, this, this passage has been heavy on my heart and my mind for a reason. 
Today might be the reason. I don't know. Maybe it's just for me, but we'll, we'll find out. Nevertheless, there is a grave danger that as God is continuing to move amongst us and as we're setting forth to do great things for God, because I want you to know vacation Bible school and kids club and Sunday night things that we're changing up, it is not for us. It is to glorify God. It's to make Him known. That's everything. That's the whole purpose of who we are. That's why we exist, to know Christ and to make Him known. But in this, I've also seen in the past few weeks and months an immense amount of discouragement seems to have spread amongst people in individual lives. Distractions that have come worldwide. We've never lived in more of a distracted time than now. I mean, we, we can't be more than five feet away from our cell phone without having a panic attack. The news is terrible no matter what channel you watch. And by the way, no matter which channel they, you watch, you're probably only getting about that much actual news, okay? We're distracted because we, we want to go back to the good old days. And the good old days for some of us now were just three years ago. I'm afraid that there is greater things to come, but there's an immense amount of trials and battles still yet to come as well. But it will be worth it. And right now, we're at the place and a point, and personally, and I feel this for myself, and maybe you don't, and that's okay. I feel this in my own life, but as well as in the life of this church, that God is about to do great things. And I don't say that as some sort of charismatic prophet saying and declaring, we're going to make, things, make good things happen on our own. No. I believe that God has great things in store for our future. As we submit to Him, and I believe that's the key, as we make much of Jesus, I believe that Jesus has a lot of great things for His church, and this church in particular. But in that process, there is a danger of distractions, discouragement, divisions, of which this church and every other church that loves the Lord has faced enough of. And as we come to this place, I want us to understand that if we want the future, it's got to be God's future. It's got to be what God wants. As we move forward, it's not about what Pastor Joe wants or what anybody else in this church wants. It's what God wants. What, what would God have us to do? Where would God have us to go? What should that even mean? It should look like submitting everything to the Lord. And as we come to this place here, I want to give you some context first of all. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> no, 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 Jeremiah was a prophet, won't he? Jeremiah, his name literally means that Jehovah throws or establishes or points or to, even as the idea of laying down a foundation is really the idea of throwing. You and I think throwing like, like throwing a football. For God, throwing down, it's, it's that of using something to, to be a foundation. And, and what Jeremiah was used for is to call the people back to the foundation of God's Word. Israel and Judah had been separated for quite some time during Jeremiah's day. You want to know about distractions? They had it. You want to know about discouragement? They had it. During Jeremiah's day, he's got one good king for a little bit, and, and then even that goes awry, and then he's serving for five decades and watching king after king get worse and worse, and things just be destroyed. Spiritually, everything is a muck. Everything is a mess. The people are discouraged. 
They're distracted by the things of this world. Literally, they've fallen into sins and idolatry. They're distracted and discouraged because there's enemies all around them that God Himself is even preparing to bring about judgment upon His people that will not repent. As we just read, they will not walk therein. They will not hearken. And God certainly does so to bring His people back to Himself. Jeremiah was a prophet, priest. He was a son of a priest. He was often called the weeping prophet. Not only because when he preached, maybe he wept a little bit, but really because his whole life and ministry was that one of, of conflict. It was one of continuous battles. It was one that was full of preaching, thus saith the Lord, and one full of those who say, we will not walk and we will not listen. Even to the point where they would even persecute Jeremiah. I want to talk about preaching with a heavy heart. Jeremiah knows what it means to preach with a heavy heart because his heart was always heavy. Heavy for his people. Heavy with the message that which God had given. Heavy for the future knowing that unless these people would repent and hearken and walk in the way of God, that there would be judgment. He knew that they were in a crossroads. He knew that they were at such a key point in their history. Today, I want you to know and encourage your heart that so far in my time here, I've not heard, as I've preached, people shout, we won't walk and we won't listen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But nevertheless, we are at a crossroads ourselves, and that's what I'm going to look at. First of all, here in verse 16, he says, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask the old pass. God is giving an illustration here of His people. Where they're at, what they should be doing. You ever get lost while you're driving? I didn't see one man raise his hand. You know why? Because we never get lost, do we? We're just taking the long way. Or taking a shortcut, ain't we? Right? Right now, there's wives looking at husbands going, see? Uh-huh. Yeah, see? Right? Or you ever got lost even while using a GPS? I've done that before too. Sometimes that thing's even wrong. But I want you to know something. Spiritually speaking, God's people at this point in time in Judah's history, they had gotten pretty sidetracked. What they had begun doing is something that we in the church in America have done ourselves, and that is instead of just sticking to the stuff and sticking to the foundation of which God has laid and building on that, we have chosen to go our own route. God has said, go this way, and we've said, well, Lord, there's a, there's a mountain there. And I feel like I could just get around. If I go this way, and I just, we can get there. Just let me, let me go there. And then I'll, I'll come back to you if it gets real rough. What we've done is instead of going on the path of righteousness and the way of God, is that we have often tried to do things on our own. We have tried to be trailblazers and reinvent the wheel. We've tried to think so far outside the box that we've gotten outside of the book. We've tried to cut through with our own machetes and power and programs and preaching and thoughts and ideas to make a way when there was a clear path that God had laid out already. And we're going to see the simplicity of what that looks like. But here this verse shows us that they are like travelers at a crossroads seeking to go the right way on the path. Hold your place there and get out your bulletin. <laughs> you look there in your bulletin and there's this pretty picture of a pathway, isn't it? And if you don't have a bulletin, just pretend like you do. We won't know. 
It's a pretty picture. It's beautiful, lush, green grass. It doesn't look so dangerous, but there's a couple paths to take, isn't it? Which one, we often ask, is the right way? Where do we go? What should we do? And how many of us have ever asked, Lord, where should I go? What should I do? And as a church, as a pastor, we certainly do those things, don't we? And here God has given them direction throughout their whole history, and now He says, stand, see, ask for the old past, wherein is the good way, and then walk therein. And then you'll find rest for your souls. They would not walk therein. God had created and called His people Israel. He had made a covenant walk with them and He had been so good to them. He had been so faithful that even, even in the midst of their darkest days, He brings them out during the Exodus. He shows forth that there is no God besides Him. He is the Lord and there is no other. He not only then takes them out, but then they get to another obstacle, the, the Red Sea, and they say, well, great, now we're going to die out here. And God says, no. There's a way. He doesn't just lead them around the water, over the water, through the water. He doesn't say, well, jump on in, boys, start swimming. No, He opens up and they walk on dry ground. And He's all the way leading them to the promised land. And then eventually, sadly, in their history, they get to that spot and they start looking and seeking and then they start getting scared. And then they go backwards and they go a-wandering. And a whole generation would have to perish before they get into that land. And then once they get in the land, then they would ride these waves of obedience and blessing and disobedience and facing God's judgment and wrath. Not because He's mean, but because He's just and good and because He loves His people to draw them back. The goodness of God is not only found in the blessing, but as well as in the chastening to draw us back to the foundation of where we once stood. And throughout this time of traveling, if you remember your Old Testament a little bit, there are different times where they would set up markers or set up altars throughout the Old Testament history. They would go back to these places, find themselves back at the same mountain or the same altar or the same well, and they would remember what God had done here. As a matter of fact, when, remember when they had water provided and they even crossing a river at different times where they said, we're going to make some markers to remember this. Some of us got those markers in our spiritual life, and we ought to. We ought to go back every now and again and look back at the goodness of God and what it's done for us, how it's led us to where we are, and that God's always been good, even in the darkest parts of our history or life. God has always been the direction. As a matter of fact, God didn't just say, I'm with you, but He led them protected them. He didn't lead them to places that they weren't supposed to go or where, where they could not go, but rather He led them to where they were supposed to be. And it was by their own rebellion and their own fault of which they could not enjoy the blessing that God was and God is and that God had provided for them for some time. And at this crossroads, the right direction is to look back to the Word and work of God that never leads us astray but it is also the Word and work that also leads us forward to do the will of God. We don't find them separated, but rather we find them all together. The Word of God tells us about the work of God, which leads us to do the will of God. And we all would say this morning that we want to do the will of God. How many of you want to do the will of God? Alright, you guys do. Praise the Lord. The rest of y'all, by the end of this service, you're going to get this. Alright, How many of you want to do the will of God? 
Of course you do, right? You're just scared to raise your hand, that's all. That's okay. We want to do the will of God. What is the will of God? It is found in the Word and work of God. It is to be placed upon His foundation to simply trust Him. Now here's the issue. The issue of their day as Jeremiah's preaching is that their past is already gone. You know when yesterday was? Yesterday. Did you ever think about that? It's gone. Can you change what you wore yesterday? No. You walked around all day looking tacky. All day. You didn't know. <laughs> can't change what you wore. You can't even change what you said yesterday. Can't change what you ate, where you went. It's yesterday. It's gone. The past is gone. And the sins of the people had already been committed. The sins had already been committed. The idolatry was already there. The immorality was already there. There's no changing the past, but we certainly can learn and grow from it. That means today I don't have to dress the way I did yesterday. I don't have to say the things I said yesterday. I don't have to do the things I did yesterday, especially if they were wayward. Turn over just a couple of pages. Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13 tells us this. This is early on and God is speaking, establishing their issues, preaching through Jeremiah. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. You know what? That's what God refers to Himself as. So they've forsaken not just me, but me, their fountain of living waters, and they've traded living waters for earthly water that leaves you thirsty and parched. And there's plenty of droughts in earth and water, but never the living water of God Himself. It says, and hewed them out cisterns broken cisterns that can hold no water. What had happened? They have forsaken God and they have embraced idols. And the moment you embrace idols is the moment you embrace all immorality that comes with it. It is not just the moment that you break one or two of the Ten Commandments, it's the moment that you break every one of them in one fell swoop. The moment that you have one other God besides the Lord God of the Bible, but other than for you and I, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the moment that you've broken everything. It's the moment that you have become a blasphemer, an idolater. Sadly, most of us have committed such and we didn't even realize it. We make idols, not today, out of wood and out of trophies and gold and beauty, but we make idols out of everything that we enjoy and love more than God. And here they had done such. They had forsaken Him. Matthew Henry writes, Cleaving to sin is leaving God. You might think that you can cleave to God and cleave to your sin, but you cannot cleave to both. Man will love one and hate the other, but he will not love both. And I want you to know that in your flesh, outside of Christ, you love your sin more than anything because you love yourself more than anything. But praise God and hallelujah, what a Savior as we've sung, who has offered us and provided for us a full atonement, a full pardon, full forgiveness, not by any work that we could ever do or any word that we could ever say, but through the word and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Christ came and He died for sinners and that He rose again the third day according to the Scripture to offer eternal life, to offer hope to the hopeless, to offer forgiveness to those who are unforgivable, to offer love to the unlovable. That's who our Savior is. But the issue of the day is that they had allowed their sin to define who they were. 
And many of them had let their past victories define who they were. And we cannot let our past sin or our past victories define who we are today, let alone our future. Because the past is still gone. Whether it was good, bad, or ugly, or indifferent. It's gone. But the present is now. And they now have an opportunity to return back to the living water. I'm tired sometimes of living my Christian walk constantly thirsty when there's living water available. I'm tired of trying to live the Christian life and pastor sometimes on my own strength and be frustrated and thirsty and hungry and irritated and everything else and go, I'm doing all the right things. How come it's just not working? How come I can't just move forward? It's because I'm empty. And there's an eternal overflowing well of living water called the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is that living water. We must continuously thirst and drink of Him fully. God's grace is as well continuously offering repentance and restoration as He did with Israel in Jeremiah's day, so He does with the church today. So He does not just with the church globally, but individually, privately, with every individual believer. God's grace is constantly being poured out and His living water is constantly being offered. The issue is that we often waste today. We often waste today thinking and living in the past or we spend so much time thinking about the future that we forget to do anything today. We either live as on rocking chairs going, well, it's just never going to be as good as it used to be or we live so far in the future that we haven't done nothing today. We're just hoping and wishing on a star that it'll be better one day. And we have yet to pick up our shovel and start going. We have yet to pick up our sword and start swinging. And I want you to know what, ma- what, counts, what counts in life. See, what we do today counts for forever. What we do today is, is of that of eternal importance. And I want you to know, everything from a VBS to a kids' club to what other ministry we could potentially be used of God to do in this place should be thought of as something being done for eternal significance, not for temporary gain. What we do for a kids' club or a VBS is not so that our name might look better or that our pews might be more full, but so that God would be more glorified. So that we would be more obedient to Him. So that we would be believers that truly follow and walk in the way and hearken to what the Lord our God has said. We must be biblically and eternally minded moment by moment. Eternity does not just matter when the preacher is preaching on a Sunday morning, but it matters even especially when you're not under the sound of my voice and you're by yourself and sin is knocking at the door and the devil is whispering lies. It matters even more then. The third thing is that of these crossroads is that the future is coming. We've got to make a way for Judah here. They've got to go one way or the other. And for them, the way is either continue going down the sinful, wicked road that they're going and be destroyed, or to return back to ask for the old past and the good way. We'll get to that in just a moment, what that means. We're to try to continue to blaze their own path. Try to continue to go their own way. 
which will lead to destruction and frustration and a multitude of issues. The two options, repent and receive blessing and restoration. That sounds good, does it? Pick that one. But what happens so often in their life, what happens so often in our life, that instead of repentance is that we rebel and we just don't call it rebellion. We just call it, I'm just going to try real hard, extra hard, and keep on plugging along. Well, we can all we want to, but where's our surrender to what God wants? Where's our surrender to who God is? That's what we need more than anything. The rebellion would lead to cursing and destruction. Which way would they go? That's what we'll see. You see, I don't want what used to be. Now I don't believe that God wants what used to be. And we're going to address what it means to walk in the old paths. It's not the things the way that they used to be. It's not going back in time. But rather, it's building today and our future on the truths that have always stood. The old paths, as we're going to see in just a moment, is it's not the traditions of men. It's the truth of God. And I've heard some preachers preach on this passage. And y'all know the ones I'm talking about. Bless God, the old past. Back when women didn't show an ankle, men wore a suit when he cut his grass. We've heard those things, haven't we? It's not the old past. That's the old path of some hard-headed men who did things their way and not God's way. Who had a whole lot of truth and a hard heart with no love and grace. I don't even want 2019. Or 2018 or 17, 16. And if I keep going back, I'm going to eventually miss a year because it's just not good at that math stuff. But think about this. Life seems so much more simple, so much better. Things were going and moving, and it seemed like it was perfect. But yet when we were there, did we actually think it was perfect? No. But you fast forward to now, we go, man, I'd give anything to go back. You know what? I'd, I'd give anything just to obey God right now where I'm at. And that's all I want for my life and ministry. I believe that's what God wants for this church. For every believer. I want us to look at the call. We've seen the crossroads, but God gives the call here. And the call is always the same. God has never changed it. You think, Pastor Joe preaches the same thing every time he's up there. Probably, I mean, you're probably not all the way wrong. <laughs> I heard Cammie laugh over there. <laughs> She's not wrong either. You know something, the greatest thing that I ever can preach is the same truth, and that is we're sinners. God is good, and He's redeemed us through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. I got nothing else. I'm a one-trick pony, right? And I'm going to ride that thing all the way. But you know something? God has not changed how He has spoken to His people and it has always been the same. Thus saith the Lord. But sadly, preachers like me who have been well-meaning have said, not cried thus saith the Lord, but we've cried, 
thus saith I think. Or thus saith so-and-sos. God's used plenty of so-and-sos. But what we need today as the people of God is thus saith the Lord. We need God's Word. Not less of it, not a variation of it, but we need more of it. And at the end of the day, our foundation and our very survival is dependent upon the Word of God itself. God's Word is the determining factor for everything. My Bible is not just inspired and fallible and inerrant, and it absolutely is every one of those, but it is sufficient, not just for preaching and teaching in church, but for every aspect of my daily walk in life. This is what I need. This is what you need. We need the Bible. God's Word is a determining factor for everything. From church policy and procedures to how I'm going to live my life come this afternoon. When nobody else is around, it's this book. Secondly, God's Word is also the direction. We often want to reinvent the wheel or go, well, where should we go? How should we do it, right? Let's get... Let's get crazy. Let's see what we can think up. Let's see what we can do. I don't want to do another thing that I've thought up. You know why? Because I think some dumb stuff. More dumb than what you realize. Some of y'all give me far too much credit. I'm not nearly as brilliant and handsome as I appear. God's Word has already given us direction. God's Word has already given us the direction not just of what He has done in the past, but how to live today and what the future looks like. I, I don't need even to know the dates and times that He's going to do things in the future. I just need to know He's already there. God is not just for you and I. We think He's in, well, He's you know from eternity past, eternity future. For God, He's right now all the time. <laughs> Thirdly, God's Word, though, is destruction for those that don't repent. God only has to speak a word and the universe comes into existence. God only has to speak a word and something is done. And here, as Jeremiah is preaching to these people, God graciously has spoken His Word and they've said, we ain't going to walk that way and we're not going to listen. It's like a little kid that says, I'm not going. And then they go to get told again where they should go and what they should do. Ah, la, 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 la. I'm not listening. And this is what Judah has done, but sadly, this is what the average Bible-believing Baptist pastor, church, and congregation has done as well. I want what God wants. I want His future, what He has in store. Not what I can conjure up. All I can make is a mess. God can make a masterpiece that sees great things accomplished through His Word and through His Spirit all to His glory for the good of His people. But notice in the call as well, He doesn't just say, Thus say the Lord, but He says, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein. He's describing weary travelers who have wandered far from God and they must return now to the road of God. 
Someone once put it, idolatry and apostasy are the modern way. The worship of God is the old way. It happened to Judah and Israel and it's happened to us in our own land. And it's happened in our own hearts and our own churches. So what are the old paths? It's not the crowd that tells us that the old paths are things that have only been around, by the way, for a hundred years, maybe. It's not them old ways. It's not just old hymns. The old paths is truth and not tradition. The truth of God, not the tradition of man. It's not even past programs and what old preachers used to say or how they used to done it. What matters is what God has already said, what God has already done, and what God already expects and causes people to do. It's that I would trust and obey Him. It's that I would follow God's way. It's that I would submit to His will. It's that I would submit to His leading and His direction, not to going, well, which way am I going to go today? Or which way do the people feel like going? Which way do I feel like going? Because it ain't about what you feel and what I feel. It's about what already God has already said and done. Sadly, what rings out of the mouths of many congregations today are very few amens and a whole lot of, well, we never done it that way. Or I remember when it used to be. Used to be is great. God's done great things in the past, but God's got great things today. Don't think that God only worked in the past. God's at work today. Did God change? No. Have we changed? Has the world changed? Have people changed? Yes, 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 and yes. All of it. God's already preparing the future for us, by the way. And I believe it's bright. I believe it's good. Not just for us, but ultimately that it's going to glorify Him because God's going to do a work and desires to do a work through us. But it's not going to be found in us trying to nose our way or poke our way through. And it's not even going to be by going back and just sitting down and, and saying, well, it's only ever worked this way or God's only ever done or it's only happened in such and such manner through such and such or so and so. I want the old path which is not the tradition of man and it's not what even what I think used to be like the could-be's, but it's what God has already done. It's found in the truth of God's Word that He's already established and given to us in His work and the way in which He's already done things in the past. That's how He's continuing to work. It's who He is. It, 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 he doesn't change. It's His will. It is our foundation for everything. Thus saith the Lord. The old path that they talked about that they needed to return to was not even just the, the way of having a temple and sacrifice and going through the, the motions of worship, but it was going all the way back to the simplest moment where Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. You want to know the root of what it means to walk in the old path? What it means to, to walk in the good way, it is to believe God. Nothing more and nothing less. Because if I believe God, then everything else will come into place. If I really believe He is who He said He is, if I believe He's done what He's done, if 
I believe what He said, He's already spoken, it will affect everything. And I will humbly and faithfully walk before Him. Jeremiah 32 tells us this. It gives us some hope. That the good way is ultimately fear of God and faith in God. And that is the most simple yet profound things that we could ever do in our Christian life because it's the most elementary of things. It's what brought about our salvation, but it will be what brings about our sanctification. It will be what brings us growth and joy and the outflow of everything will come from these things. The little things of the Christian walk is the big thing. Jeremiah 32, verse 38 down to 42 God does give hope. He says, And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one way, and they may fear me forever for the good of them and of their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. Yea, I will rejoice over them to do them good. And I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. For thus saith the Lord, like as I have brought all this great evil upon this people, so will I bring upon them all the good that I have promised them. There are some today who have only seen the bad of the past couple of years in your personal life and in the life of this church. And I would have you know that God is not done if He was The doors would be closed, the lights would be off, and you'd be somewhere else or you'd be sitting at your house. We're here. God's at work. And I want what He wants. He then tells us in verse 16, if you walk therein, in these old paths, in the good way which is found at the very simplistic thought of fear and faith in God, of trusting and obeying Him, the most simple thing that we can do, he says, then shall find rest. To walk therein means to continue the journey or in the way or down the road, the direction that God is leading. To walk therein. To walk is also it's sort of in the present tense, if you will. It's, it's not just keep trudging along. It's to walk and to keep walking in. We don't put off our Christian walk. We don't put off Christ when we leave church. We keep walking. Our walk has only begun. We keep going. We keep walking. We keep walking. By His strength, by His grace, by His power. And then he says, in so doing this, you shall find rest for your souls. Rest and restoration of your heart and of the Lord's church. Not just global, but even this one, I'd say. will be found in following Him. It will be found. Rest and restoration is only found in this good way of God. Both now to rest in Him and one day our full and final victory. And it's coming soon. These words remind us of what Jesus had spoken in Matthew 11, verse 28. Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God wasn't calling Judah to do anything that they had not done before. He was not calling them to do anything that was too impossible or too difficult. He was simply calling them to come to Him 
walk with Him and for Him and to Him and rest in Him. We work so hard to work for God that we never get nothing done. I need to rest in the Lord and to trust Him and to simply walk by faith and God will give the increase and God will lead me to where we're supposed to go. God will lead me to where I'm supposed to be. God will lead us to where we're used of Him. Not just maybe as we once used to, but as we are today. And I want you to know that where we are today as a church is not where we're going to be a year from now, ten years from now. God already knows that place. What I know today, and what He calls us to today is to simply look back not at the past sins or past battles or losses or even our victories of this church or of our own life, but to look back further past that and to see the foundation, which is to simply trust in the Word and work of God. Not in our traditions, not in our wants, not in our history, but in the history of who God is. To walk by His truth. God also tells them that He had given them watchmen. In verse 17, I sent watchmen over you saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. What the watchmen would do is, they did exactly what the word sounds like. They were watchmen. They stood outside the gates or up on towers and posts and things to watch. They're looking. What are they looking for? They're looking for danger. They're looking for adversity. They're looking for those that would come against the city, come against the people so that then they could blow the trumpets or the shofar to tell them, danger! Take refuge! Prepare yourself! God had sent them preachers and prophets. He had sent judges and kings. They would not hearken. Many of us have walked with the Lord so long that sometimes we've forgotten the simplicity and stillness of His voice. To simply just listen to God. We're so crowded in this world with so many outside voices, so many thoughts and opinions and feelings that can make you sick. We forget that all that matters is hearing and trusting and doing what God has already spoken. God is warning His people to take refuge, not in their idols or their sin, but to take refuge in the old past, the old way, the good way, which is trust. In obedience in Him. Then we find our condition here. The condition that they find themselves in is that they will not hearken. They will not go. Unrepentant and unfaithful. We will not walk therein. We will not hearken. Jeremiah 18 tells us this a little bit about their condition. Jeremiah 18 verses 11 to 15. Now therefore, go to, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you and devise a device against you. Return ye now every one from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices and we will, everyone, do the imagination of his evil heart. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Ask ye now among the heathen, Who hath heard such things? The virgin of Israel hath done a very horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow of Lebanon which cometh from the rock of the field? Or shall the cold flowing waters that come from another place be forsaken? Because my people have forgotten me. They have burned incense to vanity 
and they have caused them to stumble in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in paths in a way not cast up. They had not just left the ways of their father, but they had left the way of God's way, which is to simply trust Him. That there is no other God. That there is no other way. There is no other path. There is no other hope. There is no other peace. There is no other purpose except for God. And lastly, and we're done. This is our connection. This whole thing. All that is the entrance or the intro, and here's the message. And it's a whole lot shorter. Here's our connection. First of all, we're at a crossroads. At a crossroads, I don't want to take the wrong turn. I don't want to keep going my own way. I don't want to spin my wheels or go down a path that God would not have me to go. I don't want to preach the thing that God would not have me to preach. I don't want to live in a way which God would not have me to live. I need to seek Him. As a church, we want to move forward. But we must go in the old path. In the good way. Which is not our tradition. but It's found in the truth of God's Word. And faithful surrender to His work, to His will. Secondly, we've heard His call. Will we hearken to Him? Will we listen to this moment and this day and this opportunity in our life and in our day? We must surrender ourselves completely to His call, to Him today, so that our past and present will not hinder or define our future. We've heard His call and the response is simple. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus and to trust and obey. Third, we must address our condition. Our condition is oftentimes a restless or rebellious people. We must find our rest in Him. We must see our great need to depend upon the truth of God's Word and to seek to do God's work for the glory of God alone. Not yours, not mine, not even that pretty sign out front's sake. But for God's sake. And lastly, we need to make the connection of all of this. The connection is to simply live in Him. We must preach Christ. We must live Christ. We must glorify Christ. We must be about Jesus and His glory if we were to move forward at this crossroads of our life and the life of this church. My prayer is that my own heart and God's church, not my church, God's church, that we would stand, see, and ask for the old paths. Not for, God, just take us back in time. God, give me back the good old days. But God, take me back to the truth of Your Word today so that our future would bring You glory and that we might not go wayward like His people have so often done. 
we'll make mistakes. We'll lose battles. But dear believer, the war is already won through Christ. May we live as victors and walk in the good way found in faithful trust and obedience of our Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. Let's all stand this morning. If you have a need today, if you need to trust Jesus, if you're unsure of your salvation, come and I'll take the Bible and show you Christ and pray with you. Today, if you're struggling about the future or how God could use you or would like to use you or, or what you can do today, or, or maybe you're struggling with the past of sins, give it to the Lord. Ask for the old past. Ask for the good way. Find rest for your souls. God has called. God has given us an opportunity. Will we walk therein? Will we hearken to His voice? Would you come? Thank you.